0: Hi, I'm Nancy Lottridge-Anderson. And I'm Ryder Taft. We're financial advisors for New Perspectives Incorporated, an independent, fee-only financial management company.
1: And this is Money Notes, 15 minutes of financial tips and conversations about money to help you save more, invest smarter, and live better financially. So
0: plug in your earbuds and get your notepad ready. It's Money
1: Notes. And today we're going to be talking about interest rates and how they affect you. So I'm here with Jackie, and we're going to be discussing all about interest rates and how money moves through the economy. Jackie, have you ever bought money before? Well, Ryder, now that
0: you put it that way, I suppose I have, because I've got credit cards, which Mm -hmm. allows me to buy things that I don't maybe have the cash for at the moment.
1: You're using someone else's money? Right, right. Exactly.
0: Or now i understand better that when you buy a house that interest is actually using somebody else's money to exactly buy
1: the house. so i recently bought a house i had to use somebody else's money to pay for it but you've bought a house you've owned a house far longer than i do you remember when you first bought your house
0: Yes, we bought our first home in 1989. And I have to admit, I wasn't paying that much attention to what the interest rates were. Even mm-hmm. though my name is on it, I'm a co-owner. <laughs> but you know, that was back in the day when I was rearing three little children, and I just said, "Yep, sign that." I'm, and I'm there.
1: The the children are very important, and you have to have an actual human paying attention to them, don't you? You do. Um, but that you know, a lot of people do have mortgages, they have debts, they have credit cards, and don't necessarily know exactly what the interest rate is. It's important that somebody does know what that is, but that's not what we're, we're not here to judge anybody for not knowing. Their Thank you for not rate. judging me. <laughs> Absolutely, podcasts are a no judgment zone. Yay! So, uh, back in 1989, you said um, I've looked up. According to Freddie Mac, who is a large uh, mortgage servicer in the United States, the prevailing interest rates then were about 10. percent You were wow. paying. for that money. Mm -hmm. So the interest rate that you paid is the cost of that money. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, totally.
1: Yeah, because you're using someone else's money. They don't just let you use it for free. They charge you interest, and that's the cost of that money. So when you refinanced recently, do you know what that interest rate was?
0: Yeah, we refinanced back in October of 17, and it was, I think, four, maybe four and a quarter,
1: that sounds about right. So, interest rates have come down um, a lot over the past, well, as you can see, you know, 30 some odd years. And why? So, that gets into where your mortgage, where the interest that you as a consumer are paying, intersects with the bond market. So, the bond market is the collection of all of the transactions in interest rate securities loans. Uh, The U.S. government, uh, we call them treasuries when the U.S. government borrows money. And those are the largest part of the bond market. Uh, U.S. homeowner mortgages are another very, very large part, uh, similar size. But those two things make up the bulk of the bond market. Companies can also borrow in the bond market. And The U.S. Treasuries, since they're such a big part of the market, they are very important baseline. And the U.S. government can borrow in any number of terms. They can borrow, you know, for a week, they can borrow for a year, they can borrow for 10 years, or they can borrow for 30 years. And they borrow a lot of money. And for the longest time, they have generally been viewed as an excellent credit because they're always going to pay you back. We borrow money in dollars and the US money the US government borrows money in dollars. And the great thing about being the government is you print those dollars. So <laughs> there's never a reason for them to not pay those back. Um debt ceiling debacles notwithstanding, people generally view that as a very safe credit. So that's why it forms a baseline. So your mortgage rate came down over the past 30 year or almost 29 mm-hmm. years because because the prevailing interest rates kind of set by what the government was paying. But that was determined by supply and demand in the market. So supply and demand for U.S. Treasuries is what sets those longer term rates and as more people want to buy U.S. Treasuries, then those interest rates come down.
0: So that's your explanation of why from 1989 to 2017, that rate came down so much.
1: That's right. Your interest rate came down because the U.S. government's interest rate came down. And that's the rate that the bond market determined that the government needed to pay. And so you pay a little bit more than that for your house. And that's where your interest rate comes in.
0: What happened back in that 2008-09 debacle of the Right, stock, stock market. market meltdown. Yeah, yeah stock market meltdown. That. That's, I do um, remember that.
1: That's, uh, that's a big stressful point for a couple of people in the room. But when you think about it, the U.S. government – so let's back up again. The U.S. government has always been viewed as a very safe credit. We've always been able to lend your money to the government and you would always get your money back with interest. And so for that reason, people view U.S. treasuries as a safe haven asset. And so when people are looking out at the investable universe and they look at their stocks and they're going down and companies are failing and they get scared and they look at the company's bonds even, and they're scared of those. The one thing that provides comfort and stability and security is still those U.S. treasuries. They can still rely on the U.S. treasury to pay them back. So in the financial crisis, then the cost of borrowing for the US government actually went down because people were taking their money and saying, what can I do with this and lending it to the government? And that's how that supply and demand plays out. The more money that people are willing to lend the government, the lower the interest rate that they have to pay. So yeah, you've probably heard about the Federal Reserve raising rates. So, And that's where we get into the other end of the bond market. On the short term, You hear about the Federal Reserve raising rates, and these are short-term rates. They influence directly overnight rates, which are about as short as you can get. 30 years is a long time. Overnight is a very, very short time indeed. Yes. (laughs) And so the Federal Reserve influences those, and they do that to influence the economy. When they think the economy is slowing and needs a little help, they lower those interest rates to make it easier for people to get money and to increase the amount of money that's out there and buying goods because the economy needs money moving around. When they think the economy is doing very well or needs to pull back a little, they need to try to slow the economy down a little bit because we're getting overheated as they say, then they raise interest rates to make it a little bit harder for people to get money. And that tries to slow the economy down and just keep it growing at a reasonable pace. And so from there, you can see there's two totally different influences on either end of the bond market. And if y'all could see my hands right now, I'm just kind of (laughs) waving them wildly in the air. And one of them is going up and down. Based on the supply and demand of long term debt, you know, people are fearful, so they want to buy U.S. treasuries or people just have a lot of money they need to put away for a long time. So they buy U.S. treasuries. And then on the other end of that spectrum, you have the Federal Reserve, who is Opining pining about the economy and saying, oh, we need to slow things down. We're going to raise the rates or, oh, we need to speed things up. We're going to lower rates, make it easier for people to get money and get more money moving through the economy faster.
0: So that brings me to a question when there's all this news hoopla about the Fed and the Fed chairman, and they've had these meetings, mm-hmm. and they're ready these to... Dark, l- these meetings. dark, secret meetings. These dark, secret meetings somewhere. source of so
1: many conspiracy and, theories. Is it in
0: Colorado or somewhere <laughs> like that, in a cave? Um, <laughs> something. That's yeah. probably where yeah, they take something place. something like that. Anyway, when there's a news announcement, and they come out and say, the chairman of the Fed is going to make an announcement about interest rates, does that affect me or my children or... Jane, Q Public, any of us. Should we listen?
1: To some extent, it does. Um, and there's two ways that that influences. One, it is they are affecting interest rates. And as we know, interest rates are the price of money. So especially if you have short-term loans, maybe credit cards, which are expensive anyway, but yes. they're based on short-term loans, short-term interest rates. If you have a personal loan that might be a variable rate, then if they raise interest rates, your interest rate is going to go up. So it does matter to you there because, again, interest rates are the cost of money, and if they raise the cost of money, that goes up. But also on the other end, it matters because the yield curve, what I was describing, the difference between the long-term rates and the short-term rates – the shape of that if you if you mapped it out you know the short term is low long term is high that's a line going up you know if the short term is high and the long term is low that's a line going down that's what we call the yield curve so because those two things are influenced by different groups economic outlook when they don't agree with each other then that's weird if you have the federal reserve saying we think the economy's growing too fast. We need to raise those interest rates. But everyone else is fearful and they're buying U.S. treasuries. That's a big problem. And that's when you see the short-term rates higher than the long-term rates. That can usually signal bad news for the stock market and economy.
0: That was going to be my next question. When the Fed comes out and makes these announcements, does it affect my portfolio?
1: It does to some extent, because again, People view that yield curve as having some predictive power about the future of stocks and about the future of our economy. Now, getting into that deeper is going to be a whole nother podcast episode, but interest rates do matter to you because they're the cost of your money. Mm-hmm. And they also matter because people do view them as having some predictive power. I'm Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. And I'm Ryder Taff, And this was Money Notes. Find us at newper.com, N-E-W-P as in Paul, ER.com. Call us at 888-831-3158. And join us next time for Money Notes. New Perspectives, Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Register with the Securities and Exchange Commission in no event shall anything said here be interpreted or construed as a solicitation to affect securities transactions or provide personal investment advice. A copy of New Perspective Inc.'s written disclosure statement is available upon request.